Hello, I'm Wayne, and this is my Iron Maiden podcast. Sponsored by Nestle Vice Versus, Crispy Brown Chocolate Shell with a White Chocolate Centre, and Vice Versa. Let's bring them back as well. On these shows, I look at the songs of Iron Maiden and how they influenced me growing up as a boy in 1980s and 1990s Birmingham. I look at them today as well, see how I feel about them in the 21st century, as a man in his mid-40s. This week, it's a new series. But first of all, let's look at what we did last week. And I looked at the song Virus, and I had some comments about the show. After I mentioned that someone had used the WOW emoji for the entire X Factor series, and that's the emoji on Facebook, this time I had a comment on Twitter where someone used an emoji that might be the exact opposite of WOW. Yes, Andrew Whitnell used an angry face emoji. Now that's disappointing. Now fortunately, it wasn't because of anything I did or said. It was aimed at Trevor and T-Rev in particular. Now his return wasn't welcomed. And I noticed that Don McIntyre also made a comment about it in a negative way. Although there were some supportive comments from Melissa and Kirsty Prince, but I'm not going to mention those. Uh, Perhaps hip-hops for girls. So yeah, no more T-Rev then. Now Nick Lynch messaged about this, and uh, you might recall that the compilation that Virus was on was Best of the Beast. And he said that that compilation includes a version of the Running Free Live song without the audience participation on it. Now he calls this the Wayne edit because he knows I hate all this. So that's nice, isn't it? Now I noticed there was someone on Twitter called Craig Runner and he asked what Iron Maiden should do to commemorate the 40th anniversary of Peace of Mind. He was hoping for some sort of extra version or merchandise to celebrate it. Like they did with Number of the Beast last year for 40 years. So yeah, maybe they could do a Wayne edit of that album and leave off Die With Your Boots on. Now this week, I'm looking at Future Real, which is track one on the Virtual Eleven album. So yeah, a new album. Two and a half years after The X Factor. Another new era, sort of. Although it was the same band lineup. Now Virtual Eleven, the album, has been covered before on other podcasts. Realistically, I suppose a lot of Iron Maiden songs and albums have been. Last year, Fergal from Feckin' Metal Podcast did a series on this album with Andrew Dubroy as a co-host. And it was interesting. Although I stopped listening after one episode because I was annoyed because it was good. Now he came up with some thoughts about the lyrics possibly being written about Blaze's imminent departure and maybe that he and the band knew that his time was coming to an end. Now this was a good idea, and Andrew Dubroy agreed, and was very impressed and supportive. That's interesting, isn't it? And I mean, the fact that a co-host can be agreeable and supportive. Imagine that. Now episodes about Virtual Eleven were also some of the earliest episodes on Uncle Steve's podcast, back when it was called Uncle Steve's Rock and Metal Zone. So, you know, that's going back over, well, yeah, three years or more. So you you might not recall those, but yeah, he did a series on it as well. Of course, the recently returned Talking Maiden would have done a series of episodes on it as well. So yeah, this isn't new territory. But don't go off and listen to them. Stay here. 
Now, as time has gone on between these two albums, The X Factor and Virtual Eleven, you might wonder if I was still doing the better way around in 1998. Maybe after winning Regional Distributor of the Year for three consecutive years, and getting many certificates and a clap, and appearing on the stage in the function room at the Yew Tree pub in Yardley, and making an emotional speech in my purple suit, like at the Oscars. But sadly, none of this happened, because a part-time job wouldn't cut it once I left school. Even though Rob, the area coordinator from Hodge Hill, who looked like Charlie Horse out of Lamb Chop's play-along, even though he put his arm around me and gave me a pep talk, I couldn't commit to the unpredictable earnings in this role, because I needed to pay some rent to my mum now. Anyway, I'll talk about my career history later. We're here to talk about Iron Maiden. Now, Future Real is the opener on the album, of course, being track one. And you might notice, it's one of those word merges again. And we had one of those on Lost for Words. It's called a portmanteau. Now, I think that Trevor confirmed this word on that episode. But when I looked it up the other day, it says that a portmanteau is a large travelling bag, traditionally made of leather, Maybe a bit like the large holdall that Dennis Stratton often carries around with him. Now luckily, it also means a word blending the sound and combining the meaning of two others. So, he was right. And, and I think on that episode, we had the example of Spork and Brangelina. But Losfer, in that case, and Future Real, are good song examples for this show. Whereas Wrathchild isn't, I think. Future Real is future and real, not future and eel. Now the song isn't that, it's not about that, like an alva that becomes an eel in the future when it grows up. Although that might be a nice children's book for Adrian Smith to write. As well as the title, before you start listening, uh, you might notice that it's a short song, just about three minutes long. That's quite different from the opener on The X Factor, Sign of the Cross, which is over 11 minutes long. Now this fits in with the other 90s albums, doesn't it? With a shortish, more instant opener. In fact, this is the first of four albums that opens with one of the shorter songs that became a single. So yeah, that, that became a thing after this. Now it starts off, just like Iron Maiden. You know, rumbling bass, traditional riffs, great. The lyrics set the scene as someone who knows their time is up, but not in a hallow be thy name way or a prophecy way. It says, I'm running out of my time, I'm running out of breath, and now it's getting so I can't sleep at night. In the day, feel like dead. I'm running out of my time, I'm running out of breath, and now it's getting to I can't sleep at night. In the day, feel like death. Now the vocal sounds a bit fast, doesn't it, in the verse, but you want that with the music because it keeps the momentum. And you might remember my measurements for syllables per second to assess the vocalists, which, which I've did on a few episodes. And I was pleased to see that this opening line has 13 syllables in just over two seconds, and that's nearly six syllables per second, which beats Paul Diano on Murders in the Rue Morgue. Now that might sound impressive, but I believe it's quite tricky to get this right because there's a risk it could be messy, but I think it's okay. Now he goes on to say that he feels them closing in, but it's not obvious what it's about at this stage, or who them are. 
And then we get to a chorus quite quickly, which carries on from the verse a bit. There's not a dramatic change. And perhaps a vocal effect might have helped here. Do you believe what you hear? Can you believe what you see? Do you believe what you feel? Can you believe what is real? Future real? So the lyrics are, do you believe what you hear? Can you believe what you see? Do you believe what you feel? Can you believe what is real? Future real? Now those lyrics could be from a theme tune to something like Arthur C. Clarke's Mysterious World, where you know they might look at odd things and wonder what might be real. But this song was written at the time of virtual reality, maybe predicting where computer graphics look real and we can't tell the difference in between them. Oh, here we go. Yeah. What is real and not just fantasy? And now we live in a world of fake news, doctored images, fake people from AI photo tricks, and podcasts doing April Fool's Day posts on Twitter. And we spoke about this a bit when we looked at The Unbeliever, you know, even people claiming elements of this podcast are fake. We don't know what is real. Now, the real and the dreams thing, well, I mean, we've heard that from Iron Maiden before, but based on the title of this album and some of the artwork, I think it's right to think that it might be about virtual reality. In the second verse, it talks about people closing in, and it evolves into a deadly hide-and-seek. Now, this sounds like a theme in one of those 1970s public information films you had to watch in school. A deadly hide-and-seek. Maybe someone hid on a farm and had their arm chopped off by a passing combine harvester. Nobody had any TCP or LucasAid. I don't think the deadly hide-and-seek here is literally a game, though. And then there's a line where it says, When you're reading this, then I will be gone. Now, this is where Fergal, in Fetkin Metal Podcast, gives evidence of it maybe being about Blaze's fears of being in Iron Maiden and the pressures, knowing he's soon to leave. Now, I'm not going to keep mentioning this analysis from other podcasts, but this was a good thought, and his co-host, Andrew Debroy, agreed. Have I mentioned this about the co-host agreeing? So anyway, it's a, it's a short song, and there's only two verses, so you could interpret it in a few different ways. Maybe someone turning away because they can't face the reality. And I thought the first verse was about him being in a game, some sort of virtual reality thing, like the holodeck in Star Trek The Next Generation. And maybe he was getting too obsessed and addicted to it and the dangers. Then verse 2, that's about real life and how he sees that now as fake in comparison. You know, he says, I see I'm the only one who feels that I know what is real. Maybe him being gone in that lyric is that he gets lost or trapped in the game, maybe through choice. Like Philip Walchester with Robocod, James Pond 2 on the Amiga. Now all this talk about the future made me think of Paul Diano. Luckily, he turned up this week. Here's some footage of what we spoke about in the calf. What are all these Union Jack flags here? Is it Eurovision soon? Yeah, but no, no, it's for the king. Hey, we had Bax Fizz win, making your mind up. Great result. Cheryl Baker's skirt and that. Whoa. Okay. Yeah, I watched it with Clive. It was only a few weeks back. I'm glad it's still popular years on. No, no, no. This is for the king. Hey, the king. You mean the queen? The queen is dead. Yeah. Ha <laughs> ha
I'm looking at future real this week. Huh? What? What is real, Wayne? What is real? This cake? Yeah. I suppose. Are you okay? It's all real, all of it. Not for me. I don't belong. I just don't belong to anywhere. Chin up. Um, you belong to 1981. Uh, that's all I'll be to you, like any stack there. I'm just a joke after. You can change things. I can't really. The pixie. It's a curse. Still, mustn't grumble. I can still have fun. I'll come and see you again in a few weeks. Might be a bit more chipper then. Yeah, great. Well, it's nice to see you. Although, can you not wear those shorts next time? What's the matter with them? She likes them. Her over there. Yeah, maybe stop that, please. We don't do that sort of thing anymore. Right. No need to get embarrassed. I'm not sure why I bother. It's not like you helped me fix the gadget or anything. I'm going to give you all those nuggets. You don't play them. You hardly played any of that video. What? Blaze Bailey on Family Fortunes? Yeah. Why? Have I given you another video? Well, wouldn't you remember? Well, well not if it was in my future, but your past. Uh, no. Now we get the two verses and the chorus, but then we get the solo, and that keeps the momentum, and I really like it. <laughs> In the background, you can sort of hear the number of the beast sequence, the sort of the chords that make that up. That sort of thing. Now, I'm not sure about the guitar flourish between the solo and the chorus, and maybe at the end there's one chorus too many, but let's not be picky. Should be happy for this first song, and it ends quite quickly. Now, this is quite nice compared to later songs and some of the others in this time. And there's all, almost sort of echoes of the killer's period, both in the solo and the song length. So yeah, no nonsense, done and dusted. No dawdling intro, or loads of changes in the middle. Uh, I suppose a bit of rough and tumble, yeah. Maybe I could be a journalist with that sort of thing. Now I find that the tone of the song's a bit lighter, after what we've been used to lately, with the X Factor. Now it's a serious song, but it's not bogged down in that sound. Now this might be psychological, maybe, and influenced by the colours of the album sleeve. Because if you think of the X Factor sleeve and the Virtual Eleven sleeve, it's, yeah, it's quite different, isn't it? Now it was released as a single, and with its impact and immediacy, you might think that, well, that should have been the lead single. But instead, they chose The Angel and the Gambler, which I'll look at next week. It was released on the 28th of July, and it had two live songs as a B-side. The Evil That Men Do, A Man On The Edge, both from Gothenburg concerts in 1995. So yeah, Blaze singing them. And the CD single, it was one of those enhanced CDs, so it also featured the video for the previous single, which as I said, was The Angel and the Gambler, but confusingly, that's next week's song. Now disappointingly, I can't do a chart rundown, because it didn't chart. And it's strange that they released it four months after the album. 
And with the theme and some of the images on the album being football related, you might think they'd have scheduled it during that year's Football World Cup. But then maybe by releasing it after the World Cup, I made them might have hoped people would interpret the first verse as being about David Batty, the England football player, who missed the final penalty in the penalty shootout against Argentina. Maybe he can't sleep at night and has the press closing in. Or, or maybe instead of David Batty, maybe David Beckham who got sent off. But I don't think that's the case. But there's plenty of football references in this. It's Steve Harris's diary. It's Steve Harris's diary. It's Steve Harris's diary. It's Steve Harris's diary. It was great having those photos of the football team and the album artwork. It made me think of what could have happened to me. When I look back upon those memories of yesterday, I could have been at the Hammers and played in Mexico 86 for England. Maradona, the hand of God. Instead, I've got the hand of Rod trying to guide me, telling me what single to release from the album. Talking of singles, we should have been asked to do the song for the England World Cup squad. Instead, we've got three lines again. And something with the Spice Girls. As for Fat Les, you're having a giraffe, ain't ya? Vindaloo? What's that about? Should be steak and chips. Proper dish. I ain't having it. It's Steve Harris's diary. It's Steve Harris's diary. It's Steve Harris's diary. It's Steve Harris's diary. Now the sleeve for the single was a computer graphics type version of the Cyborg Eddie from Somewhere in Time. And this was from the computer game Ed Hunter. Although Phil Walchester recalls this game being called Melt originally. And he remembers he could win it in Metal Hammer. But then it became Ed Hunter. Now even though there wasn't a chart rundown, I was pleased to see there was a video for the song, an official video. So I can comment on that. So let's see if the budget's gone up since the virus video. Now sadly, it's not very imaginative, because it's just crowd shots from a live performance. Now I'm guessing in Milan, Italy, based on a banner in the crowd. Now the first thing I notice is that Blaze has his cap on backwards. So maybe this was the first sign that the band might not be happy with him. You might recall Dennis Stratton wearing red leather trousers when everyone else was wearing black in the Women in Uniform video. So yeah, this reoccurrence, history repeating... Once again, the clues are in the videos. Now Dave and Yannick are wearing vest tops, which is quite normal. But Steve Harris looks strange because he's wearing like an oversized football shirt. But again, that's in keeping with the theme of the album. Now the clips are quite decent, but maybe they don't capture the energy of the song because they change too often rather than focusing on the band moving about. Now they are miming and it's not a literal live performance, but it's similar to the Stranger in a Strange Land video. Now, we do get some crowd noises, though, so it does seem live. And then we get Eddie come on in a virtual 11 football shirt. And if you don't know what the live Eddie looked like from this tour, then, yeah, check out the Future Real official video. It looks a bit like the Peace of Mind Eddie. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's not amazing. It has a bit of a cheeky interplay with all of them. Uh, Dave... Steve Harris and Yannick Gers, but not Blaze or Nicker. You know, we get a bit of Yannick spinning around, both him and the guitar. 
And we also get to see the stage set, and then eventually the, the head behind the drums comes out, with the wiggly fingers at the side. Now playing it live, it actually opened the show on this tour, and I don't think we'd have had Eddie come on stage for this, not, not for the first song, like, like we get in the video. But it did move down the set when Bruce returned in 1999 for the Ed Hunter tour. It was sort of mid-set. And if you want to hear this, it's actually the B-side of The Wicker Man. And this is also on Best of the B-sides. Um, but the B-sides to Future Real aren't on it. Now that live version from 1999 is particularly interesting. And, and Nick Lynch reminded me that this is probably the first time we would have heard the band with three guitars. So it's particularly fast. And you can sort of hear that with the drums and the vocal in particular. Uh, and maybe, like I said earlier, it, it can get messy. And it's not the most tight version you'll hear. But it's still good. It's a good live mix. Um, although it sounds a bit low for Bruce's vocal, maybe they should have tuned up to suit his voice. Yeah, it's worth a listen anyway. And strangely, it's still three minutes, despite it seeming faster. Also on the live topic, um, it's worth mentioning that Blaze still plays it live today as a solo artist. Ryan, give Trevor a ring. Hi, Wayne. Hi, Trevor. How you doing? Yeah, I'm good. Great. Um, yeah, so new series, new album, uh, Future Real. What do you think? Yeah, I like it. It's a nice opener. Good single. In fact, it might be the best single of the 90s. Oh, come on. Oh, to me, there's not an obviously better one. You mean single by Iron Maiden, don't you? Yeah, of course. We've done this before. Okay. So do you think about your future? Yeah. Got Eurovision soon. And then Iron Maiden in a couple of months. The gig. Yeah, okay. I meant more long term. Yeah, I suppose. I have to start thinking about Christmas soon. Wayne? Yeah, I mean hopes, you know, like personal stuff, you know, the state of the world. Yeah, and, and maybe thinking of the song, are we in danger of not knowing what is real and who to trust? Well, we're not here for long, are we? So I don't want to be negative. Live for the moment, eat sweets and ignore the haters. Oh, yeah, talking of that, you had a few haters last week after T-Rev. Yeah, well, I expected it. People don't like change, do they? But I thought that episode was tailor-made to try out some hip-hop. Anyway, what about your future? Didn't you see a clairvoyant once? No, no, that was a drag act at the manor house. Do you think about it, though? What, the drag act at the manor house? No, your future. Well, yeah, sometimes. We used to imagine the future around this time, didn't we? In the late 90s, you know, watching sci-fi like Star Trek. What was that role-playing game set in the future? Cyberpunk. Oh, yeah. I remember Billy Idol had an album called Cyberpunk around then. That was rubbish. Yeah. Back then, did you think we'd still live in the same street 25 years later? No. OK, have you got a poem? Yeah. Right, and you're going to read it, aren't you? Not, not rap it. Yeah, I'll read it. OK, go on then. How will people in the future feel when they look back at this blooper reel? From those in power, we should take to task. And what is real, they've made us ask. We've lost control as we scowl and scroll. Players in their game, it was always the same. And if my tone is funereal, I don't care. Is that it? Yeah. 
You do know it ends quite abruptly. I was expecting you to say, future real. No, that's not a word. Yeah, no, but this is the song we're doing. So this is the episode title. Why would I use that? Oh, okay. Well, you said future feel, I think, at the beginning. Um, Yeah, okay. Well, it sounded a bit political, actually. I'm not sure I'm happy with this. Oh, it'll be all right. Yeah, but I'm not sure I want that in the podcast. Okay, well, you don't like tea, Rev. You don't like pudding. What do you like? Okay, okay, Trevor. Yeah, I suppose it's your slot, isn't it? I mean, I don't want to alienate listeners, that's all. I mean, it's a show about Iron Maiden. Oh, Iron Maiden had songs about this sort of thing. We had one last week, Virus. Okay. Right, well, next week, The Angel and the Gambler. So, yeah, track two. So, yeah, if you could uh, prepare for that, have a listen to the song and, uh, yeah, poem, please. Not a rap. Yeah, hopefully I'll be able to do it. What's that supposed to mean? Well, I've just been busy lately. Busy? Yeah. Okay, well, yeah, well, whenever you've got time, just, yeah, get get a poem. I, I don't think these poems take you that long, do they? Well, yeah, I've still got to do the research and think about the song. Okay. All right, well, yeah, speak to you next week. Okay, thanks, Wayne. Bye. Right, you can follow me on social media. I'm at Wayne Maiden on Twitter. I've got a Facebook and Instagram page, and I've also got a Ko-Fi, so if you want to leave a tip or subscribe for more content, then the link's in the show notes. Being at the start of a new album, I've had a comment from Risky Georgeness on Twitter, who comments that The X Factor has been re-evaluated in recent years, and hopes that Virtual Eleven is as well. Um, so yeah, he says that it's a flawed album, but there's more great stuff than non-great stuff on it. In fact, he even says it's the best 90s Maiden album. So there you go, that's a big statement. So yeah, as I said, let's see what happens when we get to the album review show, see how much we agree with this. But at the moment, yeah, it's a decent start to the album. It's not as good an opener as Sign of the Cross, of course, but it's as good, if not better, than Tail Gunner and Be Quick or Be Dead. So it's short and snappy, and that's a good thing. Unless it's Scrappy Doo. I don't like him. And if I see that he's in one of the Scooby-Doo episodes at the start, I groan. So there you go. If Die With Your Boots On was a cartoon character, it would be Scrappy-Doo. Yeah, so maybe there's a new feature there. Uh, that's, that's useful. I see Talking Maiden's back, so I've got to compete, haven't I? Step my game up. So I need things like this. Yeah, so, yeah, thinking about that. What would Future Real be if Future Real was a cartoon character? And I don't mean Future Eel, because that's silly. Um, maybe Inspector Gadget. Sort of solid and safe. Maybe there's a threat of a few twists and turns, but you know where you stand. Uh, And yeah, of course, not the best cartoon, but a decent one. So there you are. That's why you listen, isn't it? And thank you for still listening over 100 years. I mean, 100 episodes later. Here we are in the late 90s now. So yeah, for all the retweets, likes, tips... Comments, I appreciate it all, and uh, yeah, thanks once again for still being here and listening. And uh, next week, we're looking at The Angel and the Gambler, so yeah, that'll test your patience even more. So, I'll leave you with some future real. Goodbye. Do you believe what you feel? Can you believe what you see? Do you believe what you feel? Can you feel?